Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. All right, well welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here, as you can hear and see to the right. left of me, is my co-hosted cohort, Victor Adams. That's right. We we were we were kind of like gone last week. Right? Yeah. I mean, I was here, but you were gone. Right. Enjoying your your awesome trip to North Panhandle sure. of Florida, which is my old stomping ground. Yeah, it is. Shout out to people in Quincy, Florida. That's where my mom's from, and I grew kind of grew up <laughs> in the summer months. But yeah. Well, yeah, I was a little I was a little over from that. I was from Tallahassee or down it's only in Tallahassee. Thirty minutes away. Oh, is it? Okay, right. I didn't know. Yeah. But yeah, I flew into Tallahassee, man. I was we had the episode come out last week, but I was gone all last mm-hmm. week. Uh, just taking some time, man, for a retreat. And, you know, thank, thank God for my wife, Angela, watching the kids and encouraging me to do that. Uh, I haven't done that much as a Catholic, other than Curcio, I think. I uh, used to do it all the time as a Baptist, you know, mm-hmm. with mission trips and, and just sort of uh, vacation Bible schools and camps and things like that. Just gave you a, a solid week growing up, or at least me, to focus on the Lord and just my relationship and growing and, and, and a desire and closeness with Him. Um, but, man, I got to tell you, I was so glad I went. Yeah. Uh, you know, friends with Dr. Bob and Bart, blessed by their friendship, and Kim Glass down there. Sister Miriam, she wasn't there, but she's normally a part of some of the other training they do. But, man, I saw all kind of amazing stuff, dude. We we focused back on a relationship with the Lord. We focused on, on bringing our dependence back on Him instead of ourselves. Um, I saw all sorts of emotional and physical healing in people, like barriers being broken, whether it was wounds from childhood or, you know, we all carry wounds, Victor. We talk about that on, right. here, on here all the time. You know, I've been we very... May not, we may not identify them, but we, it'll show sure. itself to us quickly. Sure. Well, I mean, right. I, I've been very, very vulnerable about my father wounds and other things that have happened, and, and we have to tend to those things, right? They get in the way, and, and, and they hinder us from spiritual growth and from growing into the people we want to be. And so that's what this week was about, was going down there and taking the IM training that they put on down at the JP2 Center, and it's awesome. It fills up in like 20 minutes if it... You know, you got to get in there quick to get signed up. But was able to spend a lot of time, 76 people from around the country. So shout out to all the people from uh, from Milwaukee, all the people from Michigan. There were some from Texas, a few from Florida, uh, and then a lowly guy from Tennessee. I think there might have been one other guy from Tennessee. But, um, man, it was wonderful to see all these people come together and just, man, hands up in the air, praising the Lord through adoration and praise music and and just learning to heal, you know, learning to let the Lord just use us to heal. I mean, it was almost like being an ax again and seeing like the things that Jesus said, like, you know, if you believe in me, you will do greater things than these. And to see some of those things happen uh, with people that really believe that they're able to do that. Right. You said you met a pretty cool friar there too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Father, Father Malachi, dude, he was, he was amazing. He's going to come on the show. He's actually going to come stay at the house, do a couple of shows. He's a He's been selected as a as a uh, preacher for the Eucharistic Renewal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next three years, he's going to be preaching around the country where people need preachers to come in to help get that effort going in their diocese. Yeah, he's 40 years old. And he's amazing. Dude. He's he's was in Nicaragua. He's now moving up to New Jersey, uh, and he's going to be uh, in community up there. But, yeah, he's going to come down here and do some stuff. And we've even talked about just the relationship we built, you know, finding a way to involve him in the missions and even Bart and some other stuff we're talking about. Uh, you know, getting those guys involved and trying to see what the Lord's really trying mm-hmm. to do with all of us. We really felt a connection that, you know, to to move out of just working our own silos and, and trying to work together, right? Collaborate the way I think the Lord wants us to. So, yeah, it was an amazing week. And, and today's topic has come out of that. We're going to be talking about 
um, just the the uh, the trap of self reliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're going to get into that in just a minute. But I want to quickly here say thank you to everybody that's been donating. Uh, I noticed while I was gone last week, my phone was still there as it was dinging, and we had donations coming in. And I can't tell you what that means uh, because there's a lot of things we're doing here. We're going to redo our website so that it better shows what the heart of this ministry is, which is really going out and starting these men's groups for men like Victor and I have in our parish where we can grow in our relationship with each other and with Jesus Christ and walk with each other. And so that's where our heart is. Last week, we we decided to make the our patron saint, St. Paul. We never really picked one, but that's where our hearts are. We feel like we're called and our, our special calling from God is to go out into parishes, do these missions, calling men into the the hope and the idea and the belief that they can be the men that God created them to be and then not leave then, but bear fruit that lasts by starting groups in parishes, by by really meeting the needs, the three needs that I see in parishes of why they don't have men's groups. And let me tell you, we pulled our own diocese last week. Lucy called everybody in the diocese of Memphis, every parish, 41 of them, and about six of them have a ministry to men outside of Knights of Columbus. And, and that was less than 14% in our, own deci- in our own diocese. So we're continuing to look around the country. We're finding similar numbers. And this just can't happen. This is, this is why we have a problem in the church, because the people that are called to lead the church and their families have abdicated that role, the men, and we don't have places for them to come back and be around other men who have chosen to pick up that role, right? So they can walk in relationship with them and learn and grow into the men that God calls them to be. So the three things that are problems there, one is the pastor wants ministry to men, but he doesn't have time to run it because he's doing everything else. So we answer that by finding the men in his parish and teaching them to lead. The second thing is most men say, I want to lead, but I'm afraid I don't qualify because of all the bad things I've done in my life. Well, guess what? I didn't either. But God still chose to to use me and allow me to even come into this ministry and go out and do this work that I don't feel qualified to do each time. But yet he, he, he calls us and gives us the gifts when we surrender our hearts to be able to do this. So we're going to train the men there through the mistakes I've made and the mistakes we've made in the group, Victor, and what we've learned from those things and the successes And then give them a plan. That's the other thing. The third thing is, well, I want to, but I don't have a plan. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, guess what? We've got a four-pillar plan that isn't built on you running our stuff forever or any of that. It's built on giving you four different things to do a month that will draw four different types of men and then give you that structure, structure that you can be confident in that will continue to allow that group to flourish. So look. The, the donations that you're giving us is allowing us to change our, our website and everything to really show that, to invite more people into that so we can go out and do what we think the Lord is calling us to do, which is to be modern-day Pauls, right? I'm not saying I'm Paul, but I want to be like Paul and go out and start groups all over this country so that men have a place where they can be better men. Just the way that we found that, Victor, we want to go out and give other men that same opportunity. So you can find out more about that. You can donate at justagownthepew.com. There's a donate button up there. If you hadn't yet, if you have, thank you for that. But you can also sign up to find out more about what I just talked about, about us coming to your parish and helping to facilitate, to train, and to grow groups that will last and help men be who they're called to be. You can find that on our events page right there in the middle at justagownthepew.com as well. So, Victor, uh, I want to jump back into now getting into the show and what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, last week we talked about the pain of inadequacy, you know, and I've shared in the last couple of episodes just the struggle I've had sort of being in desolation lately. And, man, you know, just some some time with spiritual direction with my spiritual director before I left. And then that week of just immersing myself back in the Lord, right, Mm -hmm. just all day long from the time you wake up. Like, I think we were having holy hours at 5 in the morning. And then we were going over to the church 
And then we were immersed from like nine until five every day. And then it didn't stop there. People were like, hey, can we have another holy hour when we get back? Yeah. Or one night there was supposed to be an hour of praise and adoration uh, of music and adoration there. And it turned into like three hours. <laughs> Nobody cared. Everybody's on the floor kneeling and their hands were up. And it was awesome. And, and, and it just, man, that immersion back into it made me realize that I've sort of bought into a lie unwillingly in the world lately in my life. And it's just relying on myself. Right. And so when we talk about that, that pain of inadequacy, we talked about last week that that's man's original fear, right? That when we've been in the apple, the tool of the earth, and then we always think that we're not doing it good enough, right? And that we could do more to affect things better. We want to pour more of ourselves in there. And, and the world really exasperates this fear by preaching this message of self-reliance. You know, it, it is all the time the world's trying to tell you, hey, grab this new self-help book or whatever, right? 10 steps to have a better life or how to do this yourself. And I even saw a quote the other day that said, freedom comes from strength and self-reliance. And I just looked at it and this was after I got back, you know, of a week of completely just throwing myself on the mercy of God Mm -hmm. and depending on him for everything. And I just, man, I saw that and I was like, that is so backwards, Mm -hmm. right? This is why we have so many people that are far away from the Lord is because somewhere along the way, Somebody told us that we need to just, you know, pull up on our bootstraps, right? Or, or as Nike says, just do it or grind it out. You know, harder, harder, do more, do more, do more, and you'll finally be happy and you'll finally have that void in your heart filled. And if you just do, 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 and, and don't depend on anybody else. And we know as men, Victor, and we've talked about this, that a lot of us were raised that way, right? As a man, you don't need anybody or anything. You know, put your head down and you just bull through everything. And if you don't make it, it's because you weren't trying hard enough mm-hmm. and you weren't good enough and you didn't put enough effort in, right? And life is not about that. Life isn't about that self-reliance. And, and I think this is why we find so many people lost today and so far away from God is because they've just sort of convinced themselves that if I want something in life, if I'm missing something in life, then all I have to do is really just put my head down and go do it. Well, a quote you said, the strength and self-reliance. So yeah. obviously you have to kind of figure out what strength are they talking about? Are they telling my strength that I'm just going to do what I want to do, irregardless of the people around me? I mean, yeah, you can do that, but, okay, so you, you advance through the network of your corporation, your job, whatever. Yeah. Okay, then the, do people want to work with you then? You know, because you probably stepped over a few heads or, or smashed a few people. Yeah, you know, the sure. hopes and dreams to get where you are. <laughs> yeah, who had then, to die on the way right. to your top. Yeah, the, you I step think, on. I think that that's the wrong sense of strength. The strength of the Lord mm-hmm. is what we should be focused on like yeah you know like we talked about before i can only do certain things on my own but i should be totally reliant on the god to provide the things i need to in order to do the things every day i, I you know need to progress towards yeah um and i think that's kind of what you obviously we're talking about is that you know when we're getting to the point where we're so self-reliant on on what we think we were foolish to think that everything i do makes a difference Sure. It does, but not the right difference. Well, and with yeah. self-reliance comes the, yeah. the falsehood of control, right? That right. I can control everything. I, I, there's always a spin I can put on things. I can make everything work. Um, I remember falling to that a lot in my life, that lie. And so many men do. And, and it really, I mean, the world is preaching productivity, mm-hmm. right? Like if you want to be successful, the key to a happy and successful life is productivity. But all that is is just getting you to be busier and busier and busier. And guess what happens? While you just keep doing life and thinking that you'll be happy and that you'll be fine, you've, that you'll finally have enough money, you'll have all the different things that will make you 
happy in your life or, or fill that void, you're actually walking further and further away from the Lord because in the midst of all that doing, the first thing that goes is our prayer life, mm-hmm. right? The first thing that goes is our relationship with the Lord because most of us, if we're being honest, we don't build our day around the Lord, right? We don't go, okay, first I'm going to pray. And then I'm off to brush my teeth and take a shower and go to the bathroom and get the kids ready and go to work and all that. It's normally like, oh, man, I've overslept five minutes and covers are flying. And it's that scene from Home Alone where they're going to miss the plane and everybody's right. running at high speed through everything. And, and that's how we find ourselves. And, 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 and we find ourselves away from God. And we find ourselves away from God. We don't even realize, like, I'm not praying anymore. I'm not asking for God's strength. I'm not asking for God's guidance. I'm not asking for, for him to really be in control of my life. Because whether I realize it or not, I'm the one that is that is taking control of my life, and it just leads us to to never being happy. It leads us to never being enough, and and you know we play right into the hands of the devil when we believe that lie, because that's leading us right back to that um, pain of inadequacy. Mm-hmm. Because you're trying, you're trying, and trying, and I mean I know that you've probably felt this way. I know I have too, and and you're just you seem like you're doing everything in your power, and it's still not enough, right? The kids don't have everything they wanted. Your wife is still unhappy about something like this. Your job is still saying, "Yeah, you did this, but it wasn't enough." Right? You, you just it seems like the whole world the whole world is crashing in on you and you can't figure out why. And it's really because you've taken that the steering wheel back from God in your life. And most of us don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, talking about that as well, you know, the, we have this quote saying, "Well, the goal they moved the goalpost." You know, and for mm-hmm. people in sports terminology, we know what that sure. is. It's like, <laughs> you, so you, you work so hard to get where you are to hopefully score points or whatever, yeah. you know, or win the game or whatever. But then they change the rules on you to where now that that likelihood of possibly, you know, doing well or succeeding in your goal is almost canceled out sure. because because there's impediments placed in your way because, you know, you're progressing too quickly. You know, <laughs> we don't like you being successful too quickly in this job. We want you to struggle to earn you know, what you, what you deservedly need to be, you know? Sure. And, and I think it's one of those things where, where we get to the point where we're so stuck in this say that my values only pertain to me, how well I do my job, not on how well my family loves me or how God loves me. Then we're setting ourselves up for a major letdown Yeah. because yeah. you can never please your company because it's, in, it's an entity, right? It's not, a. there's always going right. to be bigger numbers. There's always going to be the right. next goal. I, I remember I hated yeah. that about Napa is like, and my wife could have tell, I mean, she's in here, so she could nod, but mm-hmm. like, but, uh, you know, I know she remembers, I do just struggling every month to make numbers and doing right. what you had to. And then like the only piece you got was the four hours before you went to bed on the last day of the month. Cause the first day, you know, January 1st, July 1st, whatever, yeah. it's like, you're starting that race again. You didn't even have time to adequately, it'd be like, you know, fighting, uh, uh Mike Tyson, and then, like, getting four hours of sleep and having to get up and fight Evander Holyfield and then get up again and fight, you know, Lennox, Lennox Lewis. Lewis and yeah. then, like, That's funny you said that. I said Lennox Lewis, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jinx, you yeah, buy me a Coke right. or whatever. I got your, I got your water. <laughs> there you yeah. go. But it is. It's like it, the struggle of it's never enough, right? right? And you can't keep pace, and, and nobody can run forever on their own strength. And, and you know, this is the thing, I guess, that we need to get to is is that God didn't make you a human doer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you say you're a human being, that's what you are. You're not a human doer. God made us to be, right? And so what does that mean? And a lot of us go, well, I don't understand, John. I can't just be because the bills won't get paid and stuff won't get done. And I can't just sit around all day pondering the world. And that's not what we're saying. It's just, the like I said before, the world's message is productivity and self-reliance. But the gospel message is fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. Right? It's fruitfulness. Like, it's completely different. Productivity is based on what I what I do. 
right? Fruitfulness is based out of what comes out of me, right? Like what is done through me, you know? And so I think we have to focus on that. So, you know, fruitfulness leads to the joy that we're looking for. Productivity never does because as we said, it's never enough. Yes, it feels good to say, okay, I was productive today. I I got the chores done around the house I wanted to do. That feels good. But I'm talking about everlasting joy in my life, in the sufferings, in the trials, in the hardships, and in the successes too. We find that in fruitfulness. And the only way that we're fruitful is if we have complete dependence on God. And so I think that's what we're really talking about today. And it's really what they were talking about last week at the JP2 Healing Center was like, man, have you ever felt like, because a lot of people were there in ministry, you ever felt like your ministry's not doing what you wanted it to, or mm-hmm. it's not going where you wanted it to, or it doesn't seem to be very fruitful. They're like, I guarantee you, if you stop and look, it's because you're saying, I've got to do this. It's my ministry. Like even the verbiage changes, right? It's not just, it's no longer God's ministry or the ministry. It's my ministry. And we, we take this pressure on ourselves, whether it's your job or whatever else, not just ministry, but anything in life to where we try to take ownership of it. And we have to remember that everything in our life has been bestowed to us by God. Everything is a gift from God, right? We have no ownership of anything. This is his, this is his mic. This is his table. This is his pen and his cup and all of that. He's letting me borrow it, right? And use it and hopefully use all these things to do his will. So where do we learn about this? Like, how do you learn on depending on God? Well, you have to, you have to abide in him. You know, and I know we've heard that term, and, and there's a great podcast out there by Sister Miriam called Abiding Together, and many, many a sermon has been given on John 15, but that's where I kind of want to go today, is it, just to listen to this, because if you remember about John 15, it's Jesus the true vine. That's, that's the name of that. And he starts saying, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Now he's talking to his disciples. But he says in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So right there, Jesus is saying like, you can try all you want to. right? You can go out there and you can pray and try to cast out demons. And remember, even some of them, they had to come back to Jesus. We couldn't cast these out. And he, he cast it out and says, only some of these can be done by prayer and fasting, mm-hmm. right? Like you need me because they had to come back and learn from him those things. But here he goes on to say, I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. This is God saying, and this is Jesus saying right then and there, that y- you could try all you want to to live your life and to find joy and to find all these things because the end of this chapter is, I tell you all this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Mm -hmm. This is where he finishes his teaching. But it's going to show us that, like, if you're out there depending on yourself, you're bound for failure, you're bound for heartache, you're bound for vice, you're bound for all these other things out there because none of that will ever be enough. You have to depend on me. He's saying right here, and he's using this beautiful analogy of vines to say, you cut yourself off from the vine, you're going to wither and die. I mean, he goes on to say that in here. You need to stay attached to me, and how do we do that? through our prayer life, through making him the priority of our life, by doing the things that he's told us to do, by seeking him, right? How many times do we spend thinking, like, what are my desires for the day? What are my desires for my life? What are my desires at my work? What are my, and those are all good things to ponder. But have you, do you ever sit and say, what are God's desires? What does he want? Right? Like, what is this day, you know, whatever today is, the, the, seventh, the, the 18th of July, what is his, his desire today for my life? Because when we're not starting there, 
when we're not getting up in the morning and giving our day to the Lord and saying, what is it you want from me? Then we're always going to, even if we don't realize it, flip that switch, that automatic pilot to relying on ourselves and doing everything ourselves. And as Jesus is warning us here, we're going to be cutting ourselves off. We're going to find ourselves withered and dried, just like, like a fruit that falls from a tree and eventually just withers and dies. Mm -hmm. There's nothing left there and it's rotten. It's because it's been cut off from the thing that gives it its very source of life. Well, the gift that I know about myself is I'm a complicated mess, you know. So, so therefore, uh, I second that. Right. So I do, about myself. Well, like I mean, we're, we're like each other. Yeah. We 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 know that we strive to love God. Like like I know He knows that I love Him, mm-hmm. and so therefore, even though I'm a complicated mess, I seek every day. I try to, if it's not every day, but at least seek to do every day to show God's love in the actions I I do, in a daily basis. Now, they may not be perfect actions of love, but at least the attempt is there showing him, like, you know, you did good. Right. But, but I appreciate what you've done. But for us, that inner, that inner love wants to say, hey, I want to do more. Yeah. You know? and, that, and that's kind of what we were talking about is that, that reliance on, on God, reliance on your faith, uh, brings those sense of, of greater sense of what love, the expediency of love, God's love, to you to where it outpours to those around sure. you. Yeah. Well, and think about what a relief that is. Like mm-hmm. when you say, you know what, it's not up to me, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, there's months Victor in the, in this ministry where, you know, we're paying bills, but there's nothing coming in. I didn't have a mission this month. That's one of the main, you know, resources. I mean, besides the donations that are coming in of, of funding for the ministry. And so a lot of times I start, it just throws me in overtime. Well, what I got to do if I just send more emails, if I call more people, if I, and, and all that does is just lead me to that a place of, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, things get out of order. I start worrying. I get anxious. And the whole time, God's just sitting there going, look, like, you're not depending on me, and mm-hmm. this is why you're experiencing that stress and that worry and that anxiety. It's because you're not abiding in me anymore. Dr. Bob had a great example of it. He said, I want you to think about abiding is sitting in a chair, right? Like just sitting in a chair in the middle of a room and being still and imagining, and we did this, a Trinitarian sculpture, they called it, where I actually was playing God the Father, uh, Father Malachi was was Jesus, and then Heather, uh, or not Heather, Kim Glass, very amazing woman that works with Dr. Bob, was the Holy Spirit. And we actually had someone come and stand in between us, and we enveloped them, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and it was just such a powerful moment. And what he's saying is, like, when you're abiding, you're sitting in that chair. You're in the middle of that trinity. You're, you're living there and letting them surround you, right, and be sort of your wall of protection, but also your guidance and your guardians and, and just this outpouring of mercy and hope and grace and love. But when you step up, at, when you say, I'm going to get out of this chair and walk, you leave that behind. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times when you're getting up out of that chair, you say, no, I'm going to go do. And God say, no, I need you to be. That doesn't mean you're not working. That doesn't mean that you're not, that you're not doing things that you need to do in your life. But you're, you're always in that posture of receptivity from him, receiving. Like, what do you want from me? What are your desires? What do you need me to do? How can I serve you today, Lord? And then with the things that you're worried about, Lord, I can't control this, but you can. Right? I can't fix this, but you can. I'm surrendering those things to you, and I know that's hard. It's not easy, but we have to abide in him because, look, even Jesus abided in him. Mm-hmm. You know, John 14, uh, verse 10, I believe, says, The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. He's saying, like, basically what you're hearing from me, all these things you're seeing is not me doing it, but the Father doing it through me. Even Jesus is abiding in him, the God of the universe. You know, the second part of the Holy Trinity is saying, I have to abide in my Father to do the things that I'm doing. 
right? To be able to, 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 to say the words that I'm saying, all of these things. And as we know, he gives us his Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that more in another episode. He gives us his Holy Spirit so that when we abide in him, we have that presence and that power to go out and do what he's asked us. But when we become self-reliant, we get out of that chair. We leave God and Jesus and all those things behind. And we think, no, and it's really that lack of trust that we've talked about so much. It's Jesus like, I'm asking you for something, but I don't see it coming to fruition, so I'm going to get out here and do it. A lot of times it's because we're simply not abiding enough to figure out, one, was it his will? Mm-hmm. Two, is he working on it? <laughs> and three, do we even really need whatever it is we're asking from him? Right? The Lord knows better, and if we're not spending our time seeking his will and abiding in him, then, then we're going to be out there, so, you know, depending on ourselves and finding ourselves in a bad spot. So, you know, as we come to the, to the end of the show here, we get close to the time of the end of the show. I just want to talk a little bit about this. Like, how do you abide? And some people may be, you know, asking that right now. Okay, John, well, I want to abide in the Father, right? I want to, I want to do everything you're saying, but how do I do it? Well, one, the easiest thing to do is start your day with Him, right? Like, don't allow yourself to fall into the trap of, Oh man, my feet have to hit the floor because the early bird gets the worm, right? If you want to be the early bird getting the worm, then get up and hit your knees and pray. <laughs> be the early one to get to God and say, "What, Lord, thank you for this day. Live in gratitude, right? Live in that gratitude of, of, of Lord, like thank you for everything you've given me today and put yourself in that gratitude mindset before you run off and look at everything you may be lacking or the things you may be behind in or the things that you think you need to get done. Stop and pause and really revel and in, in, in be and in, in abide in that gratitude to him you know and then start asking him like what do you want from me today what is your will right not just what i think needs to be done but what are your desires for me for my family for my job for for my interactions with people today and then keep that conversation open all day sometimes i'll forget to to close the prayer and sometimes i think it's the greatest gift in my life because i'm in a constant conversation mm-hmm. with him all day long right it never ended in and I'm constantly inviting him into every situation. And that's what true dependence on God is, is it's not just, oh, man, this just happened. Let me freak out and start worrying and go off the handle and slam six beers and be a jerk to everybody. It's training ourselves in that moment to go like, oh, wait a minute, I'm being triggered by something. And before I fall off the handle, let me sit with God and give this to him. Lord, I'm feeling anxious about this. Lord, I know I can't control this. Lord, I'm feeling like I really need to do something about this. Do I or is this you working in me? Do you need, are you going to do something? Sitting down and having that conversation with them, it changes everything because it doesn't allow you to get out, you know, get out uh, above your skis or in front of your skis, right. I guess is the term they well, say. I mean, we're not a snow people, but yeah, no, I guess not, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not even a water ski guy. But then, you know, like I said, seeking his desires and then also praying for his guidance. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, like guide me today. One of my favorite things to say is, Lord, guide me in my words, my thoughts, my footsteps and my actions. So that I'm not out there making these choices. Right, that they're led by you, and really believing that God is going to answer that prayer, and that He's gonna that He's gonna walk with you, and He's gonna lead you, and He wants to be in that place in your life. Um, another one's believing He has your back, mm-hmm. right? I think so many times we're we're asking God for things, or or we're praying things, and we're kind of walking away, going, "I don't think He's gonna do that. I don't really think He cares. Gosh, that was stupid. I don't think He really wants to 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 bring that to fruition for me." And I'm not trying to preach a prosperity gospel here, but God's got your back. But it says, as Jesus says to his apostles in another reading, in another gospel, is, is those who believe in me will do these great, great works that I have done and greater works, right? You have to believe in part of this process of abiding. God is believing that he's going to be there for you. 
and that he's going to do the things that he says and that he is who he says he is. So we have to, to, to believe that he has our back. And finally, we have to look to serve his own desires before our own, right? We can't just ask God, what do you want me to do? And go, yeah, doesn't sound interesting. Uh, it doesn't benefit me. Don't really see the fun or the, the point in that. I'm going to go on and do my own thing. Whatever he asks of us, we have to do. Whatever we hear in prayer, we have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day I, I, I was at this, this, uh, the, the, at the JP2 um, IM training. I was sitting there, and man, it was just really emotional time. They were playing music, and Bart was about to start the Holy Spirit part of the afternoon. And, man, people had their hands up in the air, and there was a sister from Iraq who's now living in the United States, but she was born in Iraq. And her, um, and her um, order had been disbanded, and so she's kind of been lost. And, like, what does the Lord want from me, and, and where, is he, where am I going to land? And I just saw her across the room, and she was smiling with her hands up and singing this praise worship. But she was back almost behind the door by herself in this corner. And I saw her, and I was like, I need to go over there. You know, I just felt like the Lord, I, since, since I played that Trinitarian pose of the mm-hmm. Father, everybody was coming up all week and saying, can I have a hug, right? Like, I just want to feel the Father's hug. Mm-hmm. And it just it, it meant so much to him seeing what that young man received from that Trinitarian, you know, sculpt, as they call it, um, that people were doing that. So I felt like this weird supernatural grace to, like, know when somebody needed a hug all week. So I look over, and she's smiling. She's doing this. I was like, I feel like I need to go over there. But then I was like, nah, she's good. She's smiling. It'll be weird. And I got to walk past all these other people. They're going to wonder what I'm doing because I was on the other side of the room. And I looked back at her. I was like, nah, man, something just told you to go over there. Mm-hmm. Like, God just prompted you to do something. Don't say no, go. Right? Like, here I am, Lord. Right? And so I walk over there and I start hugging her. And she's just like, oh, John, I got my arm around her. And then she just folds herself into my chest and starts weeping. Mm. Just starts weeping, man. Like, weeping uncontrollably in this moment of uh, praise and worship. And, and I don't know why the Lord called me over there in that moment, mm-hmm. but she buried her head in my chest and she needed that. She needed to be held by, you know, I'm six foot eight. So like, I guess that plays into the image of that father, like someone that just swallows you. Right. And she just, she started to say things about herself and I'm not going to share them here because they're private, but things she believed about herself, you know, the, these things that weren't true and these unholy vows and these lies and, 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 and I just, man, we started to pray together and we started to break through those things and the joy came back to her. And I, I tell you that because I could have easily said, no, God, I'm, this is for me this week, right? I'm here. I'm, I'm dialed in on what Bart's going to say and feeling the buzz from all this music and the heck with that and turned away and walked away. But in the moment, in that moment, the father had another plan, right? He was like, I need you to go do this. And when we're abiding in him, we hear his voice, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We hear his voice. It's, as Jesus says, they are my sheep and they recognize my voice. The only way we recognize his voice is if we abide in him, if we spend time with him, if we're dedicating our entire life to hearing him and understanding him and seeking his will in our life. So guys, like if you're one of these guys out there that's saying, yeah, I am real self-reliant, then start trying these steps. Like start worrying less about doing and worrying more about being. Right. Remember that image of sitting in a chair and just being there. And when everything in your body is pulling you to go somewhere else, to do something else, when you're the devil starts throwing those things that need to be done right now, right now, right, 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 right now, then sit there and go, no, my father wants me here. 
He wants me to abide. He wants me to listen to his voice. You may not hear anything, but I guarantee if you sit there and you open yourself to him, you're going to find a peace. You're going to find a clarity and you're going to find his will in your life, whether you recognize it or not. It's that continued abiding, abiding in him that allows us to start to understand his will and his voice in our life. But this is what we need. We don't need more men running around the world doing running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off, thinking that they're the savior of the world, the savior of their families, the savior of their marriage, the savior of their jobs. That's never going to be true. There's one savior of the world. His name is Jesus Christ. He is Lord. And he wants you to understand that so that he can do miraculous things through you when you choose to abide in him. So guys, if you're struggling with that, listen to this again. Go back, listen to the steps, read the scriptures of John 15, be on that vine. Don't cut yourself off from that. Allow the Lord's sap, right? The grace. That's what the sap is, is the grace to flow through you so you could do and be, the th- do the things he wants you to do and be the man that he calls you to be. So, Victor, let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, when times get tough, we as men often turn inward and start relying on ourselves. The devil loves when this happens because he knows that reliance on anything other than you is sure to lead to failure. Help us to remember that we weren't made to rely on ourselves, but we are called to abide in you. And Father, whenever we find ourselves anxious and worried over many things, help us to surrender our self-reliant ways and give ourselves over to a total dependence on you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.